Resurrection is an odd thing, honestly. If you think about it, I mean, it's just not normal, is it? In fact, if you really think about the frequency of occurrences, it's beyond rare. Because dead people don't just come back from the dead on their own, do they? But Jesus did come back from the dead. Jesus did rise from the grave. That's what we believe. That's what we celebrate. You know, in the way I look at it, let's, let's say you're a skeptic or, or one step further, let's say you're an atheist and you don't believe in God or you're not quite sure anything is, is what, you know, Christians say it is. Well, let me ask you, wouldn't you at least want a God, if you chose to believe in God, wouldn't you at least want a God that was powerful enough and strong enough to handle death, to kick death in the teeth, overcome death and rise from the dead? I mean, wouldn't you at least want your God to be that big, that strong, that able? Of course, absolutely. So it's at least worth you considering. And let's say you're not a follower of Jesus. You're not a Christian. And it's not that you don't believe in God. Yeah, you believe in God, but you're not quite sure about this following Jesus thing and Jesus on the cross and resurrection in this Easter. I mean, you're, you're here, you're interested, you're sympathetic to the cause, but you're just not there yet. Wouldn't you want to know why this matters to you and how it could change your life or why it would be something that would make your life different or better or how it impacts you in any way? I mean, I think you would at least be interested, yeah. And if you're a Christian, come on now. If you're a follower of Jesus and you say, yeah, I know this is true, I believe this is true, wouldn't you want, it, wouldn't you want the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be more than a box you check? To say, yeah, I believe that? Wouldn't you want it to be something that penetrates the fiber of who you are, that gets into the depths of your soul and touches every part of your life? Absolutely. You would want it to be that real. At least that's what you want. Because here's the deal. Let me make, let me make no qualms. L let me leave no stone unturned, literally. Let me be very clear. Nothing matters more than this. Nothing matters more than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in the next few minutes, we're going to talk about why it matters so much and then what matters because it matters so much. But first of all, let's get our facts straight. Fact number one, Jesus came and was crucified. Came to earth, lived a perfect life, and crucified. They killed him. They murdered him on a cross. And yet he allowed them to do that. And it was the most selfless act of love the world, the universe, has ever seen. Because when he did that, when he gave his life on a cross, it served as the once-for-all sacrifice for all sin, for all time, past, present, and future, and all people, past, present, and future. That's a big deal. Fact number two. After he died, they put him in a tomb. Put a big stone in front of the tomb, and for the next three days, he was dead. Fact number three, after three days, just like he said he would, he came back from the grave. He arose from the dead. Those are the facts. But why does all of that matter so much, specifically the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Why is that so important? It's so important because that is central to the Christian faith. The resurrection of Jesus Christ 
is the center of our faith. It is the focus, the foundation. It's all built on that. The focus of our faith, the center of our faith is not the church. The church is important, but the church was a response to the resurrection. No resurrection, no church as we know it today. Not even the Bible. As great as the Bible is, and as very important as that is, even the Bible was a response to the resurrection. No resurrection, no Bible as we have come to know it today. At best, it would be a collection of writings of what could have been if Jesus had not risen from the dead. No, make no mistakes. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that is the foundation, that everything else that matters is built on. Everything rises or falls on the resurrection of Jesus. Paul, the apostle in the first century, had an interesting way of explaining this, which it's kind of fascinating that Paul would be talking about this at all, that he would be a proponent of people embracing the resurrection of Jesus because for, for years Paul was a, a Jesus hater. And he hated Jesus so much, he made a living killing Jesus followers, killing Christians. Until one day, he had a personal encounter with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. And it radically changed him forever. And so now, years later, he's telling the world that Jesus is alive, that Jesus rose again, and that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And challenging people to put their trust in Jesus. So he's writing to a group of Christians and a group of people that are struggling with this whole resurrection thing because of the outside cultural influences that they were experiencing. And he wrote to them in, in the city of Corinth, and this is what he said, fascinating. He said, and if Christ has not been raised, in other words, if Jesus is still dead, then all of our preaching is useless, and your faith, what you believe in about Jesus, that's useless, that's a waste. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. Like, what, what a sad tragedy. All these people died believing in something that wasn't true. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are the most miserable people in the world. It's kind of like what C.S. Lewis was saying when he wrote years ago, and maybe you've read this, that if Jesus had not risen from the dead, if Jesus was still dead, if if he was just a good teacher who said some great things, did some great things, and helped a lot of people, and then he was crucified because he said some pretty outlandish things and made some bold claims, and they killed him for it, and he died and stayed dead. If that had been the end of Jesus, then we could all conclude a couple of things. Jesus was either, one, a lunatic, because he was crazy to say the things he said if they were not true, or worse yet, he would have, he would have been a liar, because he would have been kind of deceiving all of us and we would be fools for believing. See, that's what Paul was saying here. He was saying essentially everything we believe and do as Christians ultimately is in vain if Jesus is still dead. If there is the resurrection of Jesus, then all of it's a waste of time. Church is a waste of time. Prayer is a waste of time and energy. It's all pretty pointless. Death is the end. If Jesus is not risen, then not just the death of Jesus is the death and the end of Jesus, it would be the end of you and I. There would be no hope for eternity. There would be no hope for a better afterlife than, than this one. There would be no promise of heaven. Death would be the end because the guy that came and told us about heaven would have died and that would have been it if Jesus had not come back from the dead. 
and Paul went a step further to say, and if this was all there is, if this life is all there is, and Jesus did not die, then this life is all there is. And if this life is is all there is, and it's as good as it's ever going to get, we're all miserable, the most miserable people in the world. And I think we would all agree with that. I mean, mean, there's some high spots in life. Don't get me wrong. There's some great parts about living on the planet. But imagine if this world and this existence was as good as it was ever going to get. And when we wake up on Easter Sunday morning, as many of you did today, and realize that in Sri Lanka today, six bombs were detonated in three churches and three hotels, and scores of people have been massacred. You look at that and go, if this is as good as it's ever going to get, we're in miserable shape. That's what Paul was saying. But he didn't leave us there because that's not the case. Okay, that's just all if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. But Paul makes it very clear. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. And C.S. Lewis went on to write, he said, no, Jesus is not a lunatic and he's not a liar. He is exactly who he said he was. He is Lord of Lords, King of Kings. He is the risen Savior. Nothing matters more than this. How do we know? How do we know? How do we know that this is true? How do we know that we can put our faith in this? How can we believe that Jesus rose from the dead because I wasn't there when it happened. You weren't there when it happened. There was no tomb cam set up in the corner, <laughs> right? We can pull it up. And I'm pretty sure God recorded it, though. And I think one day he'll say, hey, y'all, watch this. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah. And we're going to be like, wow, that's how it happened. All right, slow that down. <laughs> Here we go in slow-mo. So how do we know? How can we put our faith that in, in the fact that Jesus is alive, that he's not dead, that he came back from the dead exactly like he said he would? I, I, I submit to you that we, we, we know it the same way we know anything that happened in the past that we haven't seen. We look at the evidence. We look at the evidence. We listen to the eyewitnesses. We, and there's so much evidence. And, and it's not just because the Bible told us so. It's not just because the Bible tells me so, because it's even better than that. It's more specific than that. It's because guys like Matthew and Mark and John lived during the time of Jesus and watched what Jesus did and listened to what Jesus said, and they were there, and they wrote it all down. And guys like Luke interviewed a bunch of people that lived and walked and talked with Jesus, and after interviewing all these people, he wrote down what he saw so that we could know. We can know it, we can believe it, because Jesus' closest followers, his disciples, believed in the resurrection of Jesus. They believed that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, I know that seems like shaky reasoning, because you're probably thinking, well, of course the disciples were in on it. They had to toe the party line. Of course those guys would have said he rose from the dead. No, see, please understand. They weren't necessarily believers in the resurrection until after the resurrection. Even though Jesus predicted it, he went right over their heads. They didn't see it. They didn't understand it. When Jesus was hanging on a cross, all but one of them were in hiding. All but one of them had hit the road. And after Jesus had been buried, they were all just kind of MIA. 
just wondering what was going to happen next. None of them were anticipating the resurrection. None of them were gathering at the tomb on Easter Sunday morning going, there's the sun, five, four, three. It's the first Easter sunrise service, two, one. Roll the stone, no, I mean. And even after news of Jesus' resurrection began circling in the neighborhood and the community, and they got wind of it, they weren't so sure. And it wasn't until they saw themselves, the risen Savior. They became believers. And, and, and then, oh, it, goes, it goes further than this. Then they all, in one way or another, gave their lives proclaiming the message of Jesus' love, his death, burial, and resurrection. They all died for it. And here's the deal. You don't, you don't choose to be a martyr over something that you know is false. Now, people have died for lies in history. People have died for stupid things. But nobody dies for a lie if they know it's a lie. So the disciples are not going to be like, oh, yeah, no, we made the whole thing up, but I'm willing to die for it. No, they would be just like me and you. Wait a second. I changed my mind. We made the whole thing up. Right? But none of them did that. They all willingly gave their lives because they knew it was true. Here's another proof. This, to me, is one of the most fascinating ones. When I... When I it came across this reality a few years ago. To me, this is like one of the most amazing proofs of the resurrection. James, the little brother of Jesus, believed that he was the savior of the world and the resurrected king of kings and lord of lords. He believed his brother was his lord. What would you have to do to convince your brother that you were the son of God? Yeah. What would you have to do to convince your brother or sister that, that you were God in flesh and bone? i tell you what you'd have to do. You'd pretty much have to die and come back from the dead. Yeah. You see, James didn't believe in the resurrection for a while. And then he saw his brother. And he became convinced. Oh my goodness, if James believes. And, hey, after that, just after Jesus had come back from the dead... Paul writes that in one day, he appeared to 500 people at one time, and they all saw Jesus after the resurrection. They all heard him talk. They all spent time with him. 500 people. Now, here's the deal. There have been groups of people that have seen some crazy, weird things in the world, like, you know, oh, look in the sky, do, 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 you know, that kind of thing. That, that, so groups of people have, been, who have had said things all, this, all throughout history, but here's the deal. 500 people? That's a lot. It's hard to get 500 people to hallucinate about the same thing in the same way at the same time on cue, go. Right? I mean, that's just not possible. That's too many eyewitnesses to dismiss. And then you have century after century after century of changed lives. Too many to dismiss. Just like the people whose snippet of their stories you've heard on the screen today of what the resurrection means to them. And I'll tell you my own life. Not because I'm a pastor, not because this is my job. I know what Jesus has done in my life. You'll never convince me that the resurrection didn't happen. You'll never convince me that Jesus is not alive. I've seen too much. I've experienced too much. I've been through too much. Oh, no, it's true. And nothing matters more than this. It is the center of our faith. Nothing matters more than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what matters because this matters? If this, if this matters more than anything else, then what does that bring into play? Because it has huge personal implications for you and me, for all of us, 
For starters, since Jesus rose from the dead, now everything he taught is vitally important. And here's what I mean by that. If Jesus would have died and stayed dead, then his teachings would just pretty much be interesting teachings. And people would study them like they study Aristotle or Plato. And, and they would go to college and, and they would get a degree in, in Jesus' teachings and say, yeah, he was just a smart guy, way ahead of his time, brilliant thinker and said some great things and helped a lot of good people. And it's a shame that he died so young, way before his time. I mean, imagine the good he could have done if he had lived to a ripe old age. That would be the story had Jesus would have died. His teachings would just be good teachings. But see, here's the deal. He came back from the dead. So now his teachings are not just teachings. His teachings are the teachings. And like we've said before, here, the, the way to process this is if you can predict your own death, burial, and resurrection and then pull it off, you just go with whatever that guy says. Right? If someone can predict that and pull it off, you just say, I'm with him. I'm with him. I'm with that guy. Whatever he says goes. So when he talks about life, Now you have to pay attention. Because, see, he arose from the dead. And you're like, rewind that. What did he say? Go back, go back, go back. Because he rose from the dead. He, he meant business. This is real. This is true. Whatever he said about death. Whatever he said about eternity. You know what? Whatever he said about anything. Marriage, relationships money. You just, the list goes on and on. Whatever Jesus said now is vitally important. And then one day he stood before a group of people and he said something that seemed so odd. He said, I am the way to the heavenly father and no one gets to the father except they come through me. I'm the only way to God, essentially. Now what? Man, that's pretty bold. That's pretty daring. You'd better back that up. If you're going to say something like that, you better bring something. Well, he rose from the dead. He backed it up. And so now when Jesus makes statements like that, how we respond to him is vitally important. Those are not the kind of statements that you can just go, eh, that's interesting. No, those are watershed teachings, watershed moments, and brings us all to a point of decision of whether or not we're going to embrace him as risen Savior and as a result, everything he taught us. Nothing matters more than this. And because that matters, all this matters. How we respond matters. How we live our lives now matters. It's no longer just about me and you and here and now. Because of the resurrection, there's a bigger picture than me and you and here and now. There's an eternal perspective, an eternal dimension, a spiritual dynamic to everything. And it's not just about trying to get to heaven when you die. I mean, that's bonus. But it's also about discovering the purpose God has you here on this earth. See, all of this matters because Jesus rose from the dead. How we process the past changes and matters. If Jesus was still dead, then the past, oh, you just got to deal with it. The past is uh, just what it is. But see, because Jesus rose from the dead, now we rewind and we hear Jesus' teachings about forgiveness and go, wait a second, I can be forgiven? Because he rose from the dead. Now, I, I bet what he said about forgiveness is true. And he talks about grace, and he talks about love, and he talks about a second chance, and he talks about a clean slate. And who doesn't need that? 
Who doesn't want that? Now that Jesus is alive and he rose from the dead, now we process the future differently. I mean, if Jesus was still dead, the future's the future, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and we just got to hang on and hope for the best. But because Jesus is alive, now we can look to the future with real hope, not hoping for the best, but hope in him that he knows what's best. And we have peace and confidence that no matter what comes in the future, he's in control of it all because he beat death. And it also means because Jesus is alive, how we process our daily problems, how we handle our daily problems is changed and affected. Because if he can beat the biggest problem, sin and death, I mean, if he can put that where it belongs, then your problem and my problem is not really all that much of a problem in comparison to what he's already defeated. And he offers us himself as we face our problems. Because, see, he's alive and he can do anything. Do do you get that? He's alive, Jesus is alive, and Jesus can do anything. Which means, as he walks with us, anything is possible. Anything. You say, well, are you telling me that I'm no longer going to have problems? No, I'm not saying that. Here's the way you look at problems. Sometimes when you're walking with Jesus, the risen Savior, when he is at work in your life, sometimes he changes the problems. Sometimes he does. And it's so cool when he does that, when he fixes things and makes things better. But whether or not things change, he's always changing me. And he's always changing you. And he's always fixing us on the inside. And often through the problems and through the struggles... And so either way, we're good. Because now Jesus, he's not dead, Jesus is alive, and so he will help me walk through any problem I face in life. Do you see what I'm saying? Nothing matters more than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not for you, not for me, not for us. Nothing matters more. Let's go back to the words of Paul again because I love this wrinkle he puts in here that helps us understand. You saw it earlier in the service, but you might not have caught it. So let's go back to it. Paul says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. I love these next two words, for us. God's power for us, for us, for us who believe him or who trust him. This is the same power, the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Now, this is not one of those parts of the scriptures that you read and go, eh, that's good to know. When's lunch? No. You got to go back and read that again. You got to go back and see that again. The same mighty power, the same power that 2,000 or so years ago this morning made the earth shake, a stone roll away, a dead body come back to life, and every since, ever since then has been radically changing people from the inside out. That same power is available and at work in your life and my life through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The same power. So that's why this matters, and that's what matters because this matters. Christians, if you could just get this, followers of Jesus, listen up. I mean, if this was more than a box you checked, yeah, I believe that. That's good. Had a great Easter. 
No, 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 no. If, I mean, if it got down to the essence of your soul and it just got all into every part of your life so that your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was different because you lived from the posture and the viewpoint, wait a second, I serve a risen Savior and he is alive and in me today. So no matter what happens, no matter what I face, I am not alone. I have the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead at work within me. Are you kidding me? You tell me that wouldn't change things. And tell me it wouldn't change you if nothing else. And that is the thing. That's the greater work anyway. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, or maybe you're not sure, let me just invite you to consider this for yourself. I mean, I know you still got questions. Hey, listen, I got questions too. There's so much I'm still learning. There's so much I don't fully understand. But what is most important just happens to be what's most clear is that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. And all the evidence supports that. So you got to do something with that. I mean, you just can't ignore that. And my invitation to you is for you to embrace that, to trust Jesus and, and say, well, how do I do that? You just tell him, I want it. I believe you did it and I am trusting in you. And I got all these other kinds of questions that I don't know and I don't know and I got these issues and I don't know. But, but let me start there. That's the great place to start. And starting there begins a journey in your life where he will begin to work within you through the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead and will begin transforming you from the inside out. You will never be the same again. That's why this matters so much. I invite you to make that decision like right now where you are. Try for yourself. I welcome you because he welcomes us. Nothing matters more. Not today, not tomorrow, not next week. Listen, I have no idea what's going to happen next week, and I don't know what's going to happen a year from now, 10 years from now, but 100 years from now or 1,000 years from now, we will all know nothing mattered more than this, than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Embrace him. Trust him. Follow him as your risen Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you for making it so clear. And thank you for making it so simple. There was nothing easy about it because it cost you your life. But thank you for making new and eternal life accessible to us like a free gift. And thank you for allowing us to see the evidence and have the assurance that you didn't stay dead, that you are alive and thank you for allowing us to see why it matters and then what matters because it matters this this matters more than anything else nothing matters more so may nothing matter more to us and for those who have been following you for years may this light up their life like never before and for those that are making that decision for the very first time or the light's coming on and they're getting it for the very first time, may you fill them with peace and strength as they learn what it means to trust and follow you each day. We are grateful that you died, but you didn't stay dead. And we thank you of how that changes us in Jesus' name. Amen.